On this inaugural episode, we crack open the proverbial slab as we talk all things Harley Quinn. So get ready to grade your copy of Dark Hawk number one because you're listening to a kind of garbage first in cameo podcast. Good day and welcome to the first episode of First in Cameo, where we take a look at a character loved by slab comic book collectors and we dissect them like the frogs they are. I'm Adam Bishop, and with me on this journey is my faithful fellow ginger companion, Dan Collins. All right, Dan, in this series, First in Cameo, we select a comic book character, find those highly sought after graded comic books, and we dig into them, educating the listeners and each other because i don't know about you i know nothing (laughs) i know a little bit more than nothing but not much more um you picked the topic or did i pick the topic i can't remember you picked the comic and then i i decided hey maybe we should expand it to be more about the character yeah and and that character is i don't know if it's your favorite I, i like her it's harley quinn yeah she's one of my she's one of my you know i'd say top 10 characters sure so I think before we dive into her, should we um, educate people on, well, I guess anybody who's listened to this is already educated, but should we go into the three major comic book grading companies? Sure, yeah. No better way to start. <laughs> so I think the biggest one by far is it's CCG, which is the parent company, and then the sister company is CGC. So CCG is Certified Collectibles Group. I have no idea when they were founded. I couldn't find that information when I was gathering up all of my notes. But CGC, Certified Guarantee Company, was founded in 2000. And they grade comic books, trading cards, magazines, lobby cards, and other collectibles. They do video games now too, don't they? I don't have video games from them yet. I I might be missing that. I can go through what they what they do grade. CAG, which is the Collectibles Authentication Guarantee, which does collectibles, memorabilia, estate item preservation and authentication and provenance, which I have no idea what that is. Then they have the CCS, which is Classics Collectible Services, which um, was acquired by them in 2013. And I believe that does comic book pressing restoration and restoration removal. So you can get them to restorate a comic book for you and then remove their own restoration if you really wanted. (laughs) Sounds like a good plan. (laughs) The new company, which was announced last year and I believe is starting up. I think it was April this year, is CSG, which is Certified Sports Guarantee, which is Sport Card Grading Service. Then there is the NGC, which is the, I'm going to butcher this, Numismatic Guarantee Company, which was founded in 1987, which does coins, tokens, and medals. Oh, God, then there's like four more. There's another coins, tokens, <laughs> medal restoration, which is NCS. There's PMG, which is paper money. There is ASG, which is stamps, and GPA, which is their grade price analysis, which is a tool that I think they use for grading CCG comics and magazines that you get, I think the notes or I'm not sure what that service was. Yeah, I don't know. I know the GPA. I just know that that's what people use for pricing. The other two companies are CBCS, which I would assume is number two, which is the Comic Book Certification Service, formed in 2012, which is part of Beckett Media, and they do grading and authentication. And then there is everybody's favorite, PGX, which is Professional Grading Experts, which the experts is with an E, but their initials is with an X. (laughs) I think Rob Liefeld might have founded the company. (laughs) 
<laughs> but they do comp book grading, pressing, cleaning, and they authenticate art and signatures. And those are the three big ones. And then there's a couple of, I guess I want called PGX big, but then there's two smaller companies <laughs> as well called Halo Certification and then Midwest Comics and Grading, which those two I've never heard of until looking into grading and I would probably never recommend them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so let's get into Harley. Okay. So I found four issues of Harley Quinn that have grading notes. I don't know how many that you found. Um, I only looked for four, for four issues to talk about. Okay, I'm, I'm interested to see if we're going to have the exact same four. I think we have three guaranteed, but you probably have my fourth as well now. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? All right, so the first comic that I have is Batman Adventures number 12. Yeah. So this one graded by the CGC and by the CBCS is noted as the first appearance of Harley Quinn in comics outside of DC continuity. Yeah. I think the big thing with Harley Quinn is would you consider like it's since we're talking about comics, her first appearance isn't in comic form. It's in a TV show. Would you consider the comic books like when they put first appearance of this character? Like how 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 would you look at that? Well, like I know in some other I should have looked up some examples, but there are some other characters where they put first comic book appearance, you know, like maybe like a Rocket Raccoon has first comic book appearance, I think, in his first appearance. And this is something that I've only just thought about right now and haven't had time to research. So did Rocket appear in something before comic books? I think he was like in magazines or something, but I definitely think that his Hulk appearance is listed as first comic book appearance. Topic for another show. <laughs> So I think the biggest thing is Harley Quinn has two first appearance books and then also two first origin books and then also her first, I guess her first own title, which is those are the four notes that I got from the four different books that I have listed down. So what were the four that you she, had? I was going to say she, well, she actually only has three because one of them is her first appearance and origin in continuity both within the same book. And that one is just, it's just called Harley. No, it's called Batman Harley Quinn with, and it's a one shot published October, 1999. Yes. So I think it's interesting that like, I, I know that people want their book to have a great note being a first appearance where obviously Batman adventures number 12 is going to have higher value because it's her first true appearance. But even then, like it, it's in comic form, I feel like the moment you have a character not from the comic books first, and they're kind of like, I don't want to say ported over, but they're brought over from a different medium, does it really count as a first appearance of them? It, it is a first appearance in that medium. But to say like this comic has value because this is the first time you've seen the character, I think it's almost incorrect. I can see what you're saying there. And... I think there's definitely um, has become this huge thing right now where speculators are trying to find characters that appear in shows and then find their first appearance. It happens a lot, I think, in the Star Wars comics right now where they're looking for first appearances in old comics that don't even really matter. So for me, when I look at Star Wars, Star Wars is a movie franchise. So that's the main medium that it's part of. So when you're putting characters into comic book form, like comic book characters, are, that's where they're originally from. And then you bring them into like a movie or a TV show. So by making a book based off a movie series or a different, a different medium, then bring them in. Even th then I feel like, well, that's kind of cheating for like a first appearance for comic books. 
So you're not you're not excited by all of your first your Kevin Costner first appearance in comic books. See, and that's like <laughs> the first likeness used of <laughs> of an actor where then yeah. you would have like, oh, well, where's the first unofficial license? Because then that'd be like all the personality comics, which no one's going to care about those. Another um, another thing on this topic, uh, Showcase 43, I think, is the issue. The first appearance of James Bond in comics, you know, it came out after the first James Bond movie was out and it's a retelling, a slight retelling of the first James Bond movie. Yeah. It's, like that's, that's insane <laughs> that that's something that people look <clears throat> to for value. That's like saying I have the very first James Bond coloring book. You have a James Bond coloring book. I'll buy it off you for a million dollars. Well, that's just it. Like the different product, if it's not the original medium that they're from, I think I, I just I can't believe that people have like this heightened value of it. I would assume the most valuable Harley Quinn piece of merchandise should be the very first frame of the original <laughs> cell with her in it from the cartoon show. And that probably is the most valuable thing you can get, except there's only one and it's not for sale. No, it's probably in the Warner Brothers archives. Yeah. <clears throat> Or or um, Bruce Tim has it or something. <laughs> He'll have all of the, um, the the prototype drawings that predate even the the first comic book, which yeah would be worth more. But but we don't collect we those in, things. Oh, oh, there's a big market. I've looked at Rocco Rocco's Modern Life art sells on eBay, and I'm like, I really want one. It's always the shipping though that, that kills you, regardless of what it is. So like we said. Batman Adventures number 12 is the first appearance in comic form that has that special like asterisk non-canon. Should that matter with a with a character appearing in comic books even though I disagree with the way that they list that, but how do, how do you feel about it? Um I I think it definitely that asterisk definitely does matter, but does it matter so much that I would trade a copy of Batman Adventures 12 for a copy of Batman Harley Quinn because that one's the true first appearance? No. I will keep Batman Adventures 12 any day of the week over any other Harley comic. Even with the Batman Harley Quinn, it's not even like they say it's canon, but it's a one shot. Does it like does it tie in? Like how does it tie in with the actual like standard continuity? I don't read DC at all, so I have no idea. I didn't even look into it. Um, I don't have that issue to um, know exactly what it is, but I did. I did read a synopsis, and um, so it's an issue that takes place during an event, No Man's Land, a Batman event, No Man's Land that like lasted a year and was in all every single Batman and Batman related title, Nightwing, Catwoman. Um, and this one shot is basically retelling the origin while well, it's telling for the first time in continuity, the origin of Harley Quinn, that she is a psychiatrist at, at Arkham Asylum and falls in love with the Joker. And then uh, she gets put into the asylum herself when her supervisors realize that she's in love with the Joker. And then the events of No Man's Land happen and Arkham gets like destroyed and she escapes with uh with the joker kind of that's a loose retelling of it but that's kind of what it's like so is her con in continuity origin the exact same as her animated origin it seems very close i just i, I literally can't believe that that is a comic book that people like want not desperately but 
just that it's it's marked as the canon the canon first appearance and canon origin i mean i if you're a harley quinn collector that's going to be one of the three main issues that you would probably want to be collecting from her early adventures but also it has a gorgeous alex ross cover like you've seen the cover absolutely gorgeous cover so it's worth it's worth getting just for the cover that's true alex ross does like almost well, he does photorealistic people and it looks really nice yeah it's just absolutely beautiful i've seen some um frank cho covers of harley quinn i love his artwork not really a fan <laughs> yeah i haven't seen those i do have some notes on uh batman harley quinn you know as you said from 1999 origin and first appearance of harley quinn in dc universe continuity approximately 500 or sorry 55,000 issues printed on the CGC census, there's six 9.9s, 1,045 9.8s, and 634 9.6s. So people have been submitting this book. So what, what percentage would that be of printed runs of that? You are asking me questions I can't do with my phone currently occupied. <laughs> and you know this, Adam. Oh, that's a, did you say 55,000 copies? Yes, that's, that's the, what I've got. Okay. Now, I was going to say, if you go to Batman Adventures, the notes that I was able to find, I can't find anything that's an exact print run. I've seen everywhere from 40,000 to 150,000. Cool. So it does have quite a few more. I, I assume that book series would be super popular. I don't know when... I don't know when that TV show started. I actually wish I had that written down. She first appeared in September on September 11th, 1992 on the TV show. So literally a year later, it, that's how long it took them to put her into the non-canon comic. Yeah. And then another, what, seven, eight years to get into the actual canon comics. Uh, Yeah, another like six years, five, six years. So one of the things that I found interesting was for characters when they first appear, but it's non-canon, even CGC has some some continuity, not continuity issues, but like issues with their notes, depending on how the public or other collectors look at those notes down the road. One of the things I notice is what if number 10 does not include Jane Foster as Thor, but in brackets out of Marvel Comics continuity? until later graded issues that they've done. So I found a bunch of graded copies of that book from 2018. That was the year that they were graded that say just like Jane Foster's Thor, but come, um, what year was it? I think it was like 2020, all the issues that they've graded say it's her first appearance as Thor out of, out of Marvel comics continuity. Like I, I couldn't find any Harley Quinn's that didn't say continuity like out of continuity, because I believe that, I guess they made that decision beforehand. Yeah. Where the Marvel What If number 10, they hadn't made that decision yet. I think the Marvel What If number 10 was completely pushed by speculators though, right? Based on the movies and is Jane Foster going to be Thor in the movies? And then also they made Jane Foster Thor in the comic books. And so now maybe that once they made Jane Foster actually be Thor, they had to go back and throw that asterisk in on the what if because it's not in continuity whereas before it didn't matter yeah the weird thing is 2018 cg steed books did not say it was out of continuity but the thor volume four number one which she becomes thor in continuity came out four years prior in 2014 i got nothing 
<laughs> it took them six years, uh, uh, let's say five or six years, to put that like that little asterisk that says out of continuity on what if number 10. I think probably they just had to wait for a certain amount of people to complain and say like, hey, you should put this in there. And they're like, okay, these guys on the internet are right. Let's do this. Because you're right, it shouldn't be. Like, it doesn't make any sense that it wasn't there in the first place. Yeah, it's almost like... I don't know, like, see, I've noticed from so many of the CGC notes um, over time that I've that I've looked at that consistency is not their strong point, like, of, I won't say of their company, but just in the comics area, where they almost have to take consideration of what the fans are screaming at them about, like, this is the first appearance, and then they, like, rewrite their rules, but at that point, like, should I be able to send my slab back to you so you update the notes? letting everybody know like oh this is the correct note for it and then them not charge me except for like shipping but what if you had a comic that was previously listed as the first appearance and now i've decided is just the second appearance you wouldn't want to ship that back oh that's true yeah that happened with i think it was one of the aliens books right if i remember properly i think you're correct yeah but they're like like oop we we messed up it's like it's actually not the first appearance of aliens it was it was this book or it might have been a magazine i can't remember no i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it was it was a dark horse presents that they were saying was the first appearance wasn't it but like i don't think it was Uh, yeah that might be true you know who's yelling at their computer right now right everybody in the world (laughs) this is true So one of the other things I had with um, Harley Quinn is, it re- I mentioned it to you, it reminds me of a character from the X-Men cartoon show, which is Morph. Wow. Which is Morph. <laughs> Let me say his name properly. So Morph is, in theory, a cartoon-created character that later appeared in the comic books. But the producers of the show said that they got the idea for Morph from a character from X-Men issue number 35 from August 1967, which they changed his name, they kind of repurposed for the show. And then, like, I I don't know if it is part of continuity where Marvel said, like, oh, this is going to be the same character. I think he was called Changeling. I don't have it written down. But I'm pretty sure his name was Changeling in the comic books, but they renamed him Morph because DC Mm, now had a character called Changeling that they had the copyrights for. But anyways, um, the reason why I bring that up, it was, like, literally from the same point. I think... Morph appeared in the X-Men the month after Harley appeared in Batman on TV for like their their first television appearances. And how much is that first issue of Morph going for? That first appearance? Crazy bucks? Well, wait, of Morph Morph or Changeling? <laughs> <Of> Morph. <laughs> Changeling's probably a little expensive. I was going to say, no, um, the Morph issue, I see X-Men Adventures number one in the $2 bins all the time. I have a copy. I'm missing like three comic books from the um, the original X-Men Adventures series. I think it ran for like four, three or four volumes. But yeah, it's not worth anything. Nobody cares about Morph. I just think it's kind of funny that Harley Quinn has made, like because X-Men Adventures and Batman Adventures, you know, these comics that are just basically retelling stories or telling stories in the reality of the TV shows are, are literally just the, the kind of comics you would buy for a quarter and give to your kid back then. And now one of them is one of the most sought after first appearances and of, of a modern age character. 
even for the X-Men ones, I don't know of any other characters that first appeared in the cartoon show other than like repurpose morph. But like the X-Men ones will never be worth money. But like it's mind boggling that the Batman Adventures 12 is worth what? Like how much am I allowed to ask and how much um, you paid for yours? You're allowed to ask how much <laughs> I paid for mine. I, I have a 9.2 that I picked up this past summer and I paid I paid proper proper price for I didn't get it for a deal and it was about 650. Now I do have some some sales numbers which is Batman Adventures 12 is currently sitting around 2900 bucks for a 9.8 and this past October a newsstand version went for $5800 Canadian in 9.8. Oh yeah. wow. Have you decided whether or not you're going to cash in your um, book? Um I can't the answer to that is no. No, because I like the character too much to want to cash in, especially without knowing if I'll ever be able to afford uh, another copy. So no, I will keep it. Yeah, you have a reprint of the book as well, right? I have the Dollar Comics reprint, which I actually bought like maybe two or three months before I bought the actual version, the actual comic. No idea when I picked up the Dollar Comics version that I would one day own the first appearance. And uh, yeah, I actually I have that right here with me. So here's my question. Has DC done a dollar comic of the Batman Harley Quinn? I don't think they have, but I can't say 100% for sure. Because if they're doing reprints of that one, then that's more that's them saying like, hey, this is worth money. Most people aren't going to find it at a like reasonable price. Here's a dollar issue where you can get that comic to fill that hole in your collection that people might not be able to. I have a i think it was like a four dollar or three dollar issue of new mutants number 98 inside of my box of new mutants because i have like i have all 100 issues and i'm missing 98 i could care less about deadpool but i need that comic to complete my run of that entire series and that's where i plop that in there just to be like hey yeah i have it i don't i don't give a shit about like the the real one i just need to but fill that why hole. don't you just buy the real one it's not it's not well beyond your your price range. I'm sure you could do it if you just didn't buy a bunch of crappy books for a month. <laughs> well, I think the big thing for me is that for valuable comics, like the most the most expensive non-slabbed comic I've ever bought is Zap number I think it's one zap number one by robert crumb and i think it's a third or fourth printing and i paid 70 dollars for it and this thing is a little beat up as well and i bought it from the beguiling in toronto but like even my cgc comics that i did own i think i paid 90 dollars for i paid 90 or 90 i think i paid 90 or 100 for the um secret wars number eight which somebody who is very special somebody owns who that is now. also on this podcast <laughs> um that's Oh, just you wait. Once that Spider-Man appears in the Marvel Universe, that book's going to yeah, skyrocket I mean, it already again. It has gone up significantly over the past year. I was going to say, now, if you're talking just to just as a comparison between Deadpool and Harley Quinn, because Deadpool is another... Deadpool... I, let me... Allow me to segue. In researching for, for this show, I googled notable female comic characters, okay? And this, I'm going to read a long list, and this is a list of that Google gave me of notable female characters. It goes Wonder Woman, Catwoman, Jean Grey, Black Canary, Carol Danvers, Susan Storm, Black Widow, Barbara Gordon, Batwoman, Poison Ivy, She-Hulk, Storm, Spider-Man, 
Wolverine, Rogue, <laughs> Wanda Maximoff, Power Girl, Emma Frost, Wasp, and then Harley Quinn. That's where, where Google thinks Harley Quinn sits in notable female comic characters. So you're telling me that X-23 as Wolverine yeah, is higher? I'm not even saying it's X-23 as Wolverine. Could just be regular Wolverine because the Hulk, regular Hulk, was right after Harley Quinn. So Google isn't quite sure. But She-Hulk did She-Hulk she and X-23 took up the mantles just like Lady Thor, <laughs> was just called Thor for those issues. So that's where I'm assuming that they're yeah, going Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. But obviously Google doesn't rank Harley Quinn very high. On the list of things, even though if you're going by price, you know, Harley Quinn would beat half of these characters as far as the value of her comic first appearance, whether in continuity or out, out of continuity. Well, out of continuity is worth more. I'm just trying to think, like, how much would Storm well, be worth? It oh, wait, it's Giant, giant it's Size, size X-Men number one. But that's <laughs> so not a fair a comparison because that's the first appearance of a lot of great characters. No. And I was also researching uh, New Mutants 98 because Deadpool is a pretty comparable character when you look at two characters that were introduced around the same time. And New Mutants 98 for a 9.8 goes for about 1500 bucks as of current January 10. So Harley smokes, smokes New Mutants 98 there. Yeah, like New Mutants isn't worth that much. It's just, it's like, it's the Deadpool fanboys that make it more valuable. And I would say both, both of these issues, uh, Batman Adventures 12 and New Mutants 98 are still are still the ones that you hope to find in some long box somewhere where somebody doesn't know what they have and just has a bunch of 90s garbage. So I guess the the third book that we haven't really touched upon too much is Batman Adventures Mad Love, which is I guess the in cartoon comic universe origin of Harley Quinn out of DC continuity. I'm assuming that there's a TV episode which does her origin later on in the series. I used to watch the series. I have no idea like of the episode order or any of that type of stuff. So this this issue came out in 1994, and it actually is Harley Quinn's origin, the first time that you get to read her origin, from what I understand. It was later made into an episode of the show in 1999. Wow, I didn't know that. So the comic book is the original origin of her before the canon Correct, origin yes. or the TV show origin, which is bizarre. Like th that's the origin of Black Suit Spider-Man, I think is more expensive than first appearance of Black Suit Spider-Man. Why is that though? Uh, like Black the well the Black the first appearance of Black Suit Spider-Man is mm, right. high between two issues. I can't remember what the second one was, but the other yeah, the the main one is the what amazing fantasy fifteen like homage cover. So this first appearance of a of a new suit, you just kind of like recycle a cover. Where Secret Wars was one, it was a big event. Two, you, like you had Spider Man in a brand well, not in a brand new costume, but like people might have been not too into Spider Man. I don't know. Like I, I just feel like that's the bigger celebration of that costume. And I'm not um, too well versed in Spider Woman, but correct me if I'm wrong. Spider Woman was in I Secret don't know. Wars. I've never read Secret Wars. Oh shit! Okay, I'm pretty sure Spider Woman is in it, and she's wearing her black suit, which is very similar to the black suit Spider Man. I could be a hundred percent wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's where she has like the black suit with the white spider logo on her chest. So Spider-Man is very, like, very, very similar. But, like, yeah, like I said, I, I could be 100% wrong. 
And the fourth comic I had was Harley Quinn number one, which the note on the CGC graded comic was first Harley Quinn in her own title. And then it just said Joker, Poison Ivy. So I picked a different one for my fourth one. Yeah, I really like I have no notes on this book. It was just the fourth book that I could find. And you'll have lots of characters that will that like they have like a little mini series, which like I think uh, Submariner, like I have issue one where it's just like the first time in his own like two part limited series. And I'm like, oh, cool. And it's like in my box of to burn, basically, because it doesn't matter. And that's how I f- almost feel like this, where they were trying to capitalize on, I guess, just probably number ones like. DC's probably looked down the like the editor hall being like, hey, who hasn't had their own comic book yet that we can make a brand new number one? And someone goes, uh, Harley Quinn. And then it's like, fuck it, give her a comic. And that's probably how it happened. <laughs> I'm shaking my head at you again. <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong. Other than that, like I have nothing about that comic book. Even when I was looking on eBay, which is probably my favorite way to look at prices for CGC books or C CBCS books, like that one was on there. It didn't like the prices weren't high. I don't even have anything written down, but I keep on getting now eBay alerts being like, Hey, are you so interested in this book? And I'm like, me No, too. I'm not. Me too. Leave I me alone. That. I got like three emails today that were like we noticed that you looked at this book. Here's some other options. I'm like, I was only researching, you son of a gun. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to start looking up any prices and then books on eBay for the podcast on my computer while not logged <laughs> um, in. <laughs> just to uh, circle back to Spider-Woman for a second. Spider-Woman, Julia Carpenter, I think she's either, she must be the second Spider-Woman because um, Jessica Drew was the first Spider-Woman. So she first appeared Secret Wars number six. So you're correct. She was in Secret Wars with the black costume. See, that almost seems lazy to me. Like I saw it and I'm like, well, she's just wearing the same costume before he was. Actually, I wonder if her, if Secret Wars number six predates the first appearance well, of the black costume. That's something we should have I'm assume up before no. we were recording. <laughs> um, so the fourth comic that I picked is one that you, as soon as I say it, you'll laugh and know why I picked it. And I picked Scooby-Doo Team Up number 12 from DC Comics. Amazing, okay. <laughs> came out November tell me. <laughs> uh, 2015. Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, Batgirl, and Catwoman appearances. And I picked this one because it came out in 2015. And this was like right when like Harley had just started to to blow up even bigger than she was before. Like she was starting to really blow up. And all the speculators were were on this one going like, this has a super low print run, estimated print run of approximately 15,000 issues only, 15,000 copies only. This So there was just this huge, like, this huge movement online to push this as a notable comic because, you know, Harley Quinn is in it, is in it, it's, Scooby-Doo team up number 12, which is a play on Batman Adventures number 12. And, uh, you know, I just thought this was too funny to not mention. Do you own uh, that one? I, I actually don't. I do have a notification on eBay where I'm trying to get a copy maybe in a 9.8 just for fun. But I don't actually own this issue, period, even though uh, even though. My my daughter has most of the Scooby-Doo team-up issues. This is not one because at the time it was too expensive. I was going to say, that's the that's the one of those series that I know that, that the Collins <laughs> we kids do have it. We have it in love. trade and I have it digitally. So we've read it many times, but uh, still don't have a physical, don't have a physical copy for her Scooby-Doo <laughs> short box. 
that definitely reminds me of um i was at dixon comics um r.i.p and on their kids rack i did see a comic book that it spoke to me for a couple of reasons and i grabbed it number one because it was a number one and number two i was just like this could get big even though it never did because i think the series died i grabbed dc universe scribble knots number one (laughs) and it's if anybody's ever played the scribble knots game there's a great dc universe version of it where it's basically an encyclopedia for every single character like you can do puzzles and you go to the bat cave and i don't like it's it's i guess it's hard to explain it's like a picture book jenga basically where you're doing little missions on the world but yeah i saw that book and i was like this is amazing one i love the art style and you get like these little weird dc characters in it and there's the story about max and his sister going to the scribble knots dc Mm -hmm. world and yeah i grabbed it and i still have it to this day one of the reasons because i thought it it might be valuable while while fully knowing that video (laughs) game comics have no value whatsoever as i look at a comic box (laughs) i know has my killer instinct comics from the 90s published published by i think acclaim comics (laughs) so in my wrap-up i believe that batman adventures number 12 it is indeed the well it's the first appearance of her in comics but it's not harley (laughs) quinn's first appearance so I'm, i'm taking that away batman adventures number 12 is not the first appearance of harley quinn the first appearance will always go to Batman the Animated Series, Joker's Favor, aired on September 11th, 1992. So I, I am stripping CGC Are of you, using first appearance. They need to put that in <laughs> comics there. First appearance in comics out of DC continuity. I don't know. Like, I just, I, I still hate that. It's, it's basically saying, like, first appearance of a character from a show based on a comic. So this is a, this is a... <laughs> This character is, I guess, like three parts removed from the comic because it's a comic based on a cartoon show based on a comic. So you're bringing character from a cartoon show that's based on your comic. So I don't know. It's like comic exception almost with that character. And I don't can, agree with it. I hate, I hate it. Can I tell you something that you're going to hate just as much or even more, which is that it's not in the CGC. It's not in the CGC oh, notes. Please. But as I was doing my research, I saw that Batman Adventures 12 is also listed as the first appearance of Batgirl in the Batman Adventures continuity comics, as if that matters. How does that make sense? <laughs> no, yeah, that's like, um, it reminds me of Street Fighter, the game based on the movie, where it's a game based on a movie based on a game. That's like saying this is the first appearance of Guile portrayed by Jean-Claude Van Damme in a video <laughs> game. Like, it makes no sense. There's there's only like there's only so many like little notes you can try to add to the value of a comic. At this point, like you already have the first appearance of Harley Quinn in comic book form. Do you really need to try and pad that out within a first appearance of Absolutely the cartoon not. version of Batgirl? My final take is that Batman Adventures 12 is a really fun comic to read. It's got an really awesome cover and it will always be the first appearance of Harley Quinn, as far as I'm concerned, in comic books, out of continuity, whatever. I don't care. Love it. You can pry my copy from my cold, dead fingers. All right. On our next episode, Dan, um, who I are we looking we're going at? To look at Spider Woman, not Julia Carpenter, but Spider Woman, Jessica Drew, and the disaster that is her first appearances. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. 
All right. You can find this podcast series and many more on your favorite podcast app by searching A Kind of Garbage or at akindofgarbage.com. While on the website, you can email us using the contact us form on the main page or by emailing us at akindofgarbage at gmail.com. You can find this podcast series and many more on your favorite podcast app by searching A Kind of Garbage or at akindofgarbage.com. While on the site, you can email us by using the contact us form on the main page or by emailing us at akindofgarbage at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter and Instagram, both at A Kind of Garbage, as well as Facebook at A Kind of Garbage Pod. And don't forget to visit us at patreon.com forward slash a kind of garbage where you can become a patreon member at the five dollar tier and receive a bonus movie podcast every other friday finally you can find myself on twitter at presto adam and with dan martin chris and chris on the hey kids comics radio show friday nights at 8 p.m on trent radio 92.7 cfff fm and if you're interested in hearing my thoughts and opinions on something other than comics, you can check out my music discovery podcast, Gather Round the Listening Post. That's Gather Apostrophe Round the Listening Post, available on Spotify. And with all that said, I'm Adam Bishop. And I'm Dan Collins. And we will slap you later. That joke definitely wasn't a Mint Jam 10. <laughs> You know what really crinkles my comics? No, I don't. These speculators that are trying to make Next Men number 14 the first appearance of Hellboy when it so obviously is not. See, when I read that, um, I read it as in, this is the first appearance of Hellboy, and it was a pull-out Yes, and even that I book. disagree with. Like, as a first appearance, I suppose that could be a whole, a whole episode, but... I looked up I looked it up to be like, well, what does this poster look like? And holy shit, if this isn't like stretching a first like just even stretching a um oh what's the word I'm looking for? Like they're just grasping at straws for like a first appearance. Like it's this not is even, not a first even, appearance. It's, it's ridiculous. literally not even fully in the frame. It's only partially in the frame of the of the panel. And it's not doesn't even look like Hellboy, honestly. I, I can make it out because you know what you're looking for. Like, I want to know <laughs> who the jabroni was that found this and like went like, oh, that's Hellboy. And then like literally like got onto his computer, typed it in like Hellboy first appearance. When is it like, how, like, can I try and like make this comic book of next man number 14 that I own that is worth no money? Can I make this valuable? And yeah, they're like, this is the furthest stretch I've ever seen for anyone trying it, to make their comic an worth any money. Stretch. And yeah, if you didn't know what you were looking for, you wouldn't even be able to see it there. And I'm kind of annoyed because Next Men 21, I think, is the actual issue. And that was one of the first kind of key comics I ever got as a comic collector. And I was super excited to have it. And now some a-holes trying to take that away from me. Yeah, you can't say that a poster in the comic, like... <laughs> It's so it's so weird to explain a poster in the background of a panel of a comic of like a half baked sketch of Hellboy. Like it's a red poster, flat red with like a sketch of Hellboy's yeah. head. And it says like hell be above it. And that's cut off. Yeah. Like I, when I posted it to our group, <laughs> I think it was Chris that said, come on, is that it? Like, I don't think like none of us had saw what this quote unquote poster looked like. And yeah, this Whoever found this needs to um, have their comic book collection taken away. I would bet 
that any any one single book of my porn comics would be worth <laughs> more than this than 14 and the full for panels would look better too <laughs> <laughs> much more erotic <laughs>